Hello everyone, welcome to 137th episode of The Kickabout, and this one has a few problems. Unfortunately, we did our first live stream at the weekend. Uh, I say unfortunately, but it's a good thing because we're progressing and we're trying to do new things. The trouble was is that it had a few technical issues, some unavoidable, some very much avoidable, and it's the very much avoidable one that I'm here to kind of warn you about. Unfortunately, I had some background music playing when the stream started, and because I wasn't audibly hearing it once the podcast began, I wasn't aware that the music carried on for probably 90% of the upcoming podcast. Now, I've listened back to various segments of the podcast, and it seems like it's okay. You can hear what we are all saying 95% of the time, but I just wanted to warn you that there will be certain parts of it, especially when Pete and Dan are talking, where they're a little bit further away from the microphone, where you might just not be able to make out exactly what they are saying. So just bear that in mind. I do apologize. It is something that we'll fix next week. Um, but uh, yeah, one of those one of those things, unfortunately. It's a shame that it came out because it was a great show. We had a lot of cool chat, a lot of um, interesting things to talk about after week one of the Premier League. So please forgive us. Hopefully it's not too bad. Hopefully you might even find some of the music relaxing and chilling in the background. Who knows? So yeah, thank you very much for listening, everybody. I do apologise. Hopefully you can get through this episode without having to skip it and all will be rectified, I should say, as of next week. So thank you very much, everyone. And I hope you enjoy the show. Everyone and welcome back to the kickabout. Big wins for Arsenal and Brighton and Fantasy League can suck my fucking nipples. I'm your host, Chris. I'm Pete. And I'm Dan. And welcome to episode 137 and welcome to all our YouTube watchers, all probably about five of them at the moment. Oh, there's four. Lovely old job. There you go. Four more than I was expecting on our first ever. Um, yeah, four more than I was expecting on our first ever YouTube. Um, right. So, yes, uh, the show will follow its normal format. Um, we've just had a very, very brief discussion and we are, in fact, now going to stick to a Monday record and a Tuesday release. Um, it just seems to work better for in particular these guys. Um, so, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> um, call to arms. Let's have a quick shout out, shall we? We are in the process of doing lots of new, lots of lots of things. We're going to have a Discord server set up fairly shortly um, in the next day or two, so that everyone who follows the LMA series on YouTube and also anybody that follows the shows can got somewhere where they can kind of have a bit of chat, have a bit of banter about fantasy league, and tear into me because. Based on the first weekend, it's going to be a long fucking season for me. Um, and yeah, just be a, a sort of across any other announcements that we make um, as opposed to just only going out on social media. So yeah, make sure you share it around. There's been a couple of people I've seen sharing our statuses uh, recently. You know who you are, so thank you very much for that. And LMA, Dan. <laughs> we've, we've been building up to it. <laughs> we've been building up to it for a couple of weeks now. And um, wow, did it live up to the hype, Dan? It was good. Yeah. Why don't you tell the viewers your emotions across oh, that yeah, night? Yeah, I was tempted to just go and sit on the sofa and watch The Little Mermaid. Oh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. it, it was funny because we were before the 
we recorded that, we went live with it, I was genuinely thinking, because normally we do like forfeits around whenever someone loses or gets a red mm. card or gets a penalty. And I genuinely thought, Dan's not going to do any because <laughs> he's in such good form. And there's me, like, I've just about recovered form, but I was a bit worried about myself. In the end, I had a better night results-wise than you did. I think I won every game, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you did. So, and I drew the last one, didn't I? Yeah. 1-8, drew one was my last sort of oh, run yeah, into the end yeah, of the yeah. season. I remember did you lose your very last one. No, I drew, drew drew with uh, Liverpool. I remember you saying as well, you want to get him absolutely slaughtered because you had to be someone the next day as well. Yeah. Yeah, I was groomsman at a wedding. <laughs> I was so glad we didn't have any <laughs> shots. Well, hang on a minute. You, but... came, you came on the old chat the following day on the Sunday said so you don't get hangovers, so you wouldn't have been fine anyway. Yeah, no, I don't, but I still wouldn't want it to. I'd have had, like, no sleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. But anyway, if anybody has been watching the LMA series and has missed the live stream, it is available on our YouTube page. You can go back and watch all, all the shenanigans including some horrendous tasting sandwiches that we had to eat throughout the night mm. with various horrific sauces and things in them so that was good fun um, right okay um, we will quickly get on with the show then we'll start with uh, Dan's stats um, unfortunately <laughs> I've forgotten to link it up for the purposes of the live stream so we'll have to do that next time um, but uh, I will insert it scientifically for those listening on the podcast. I've kind of stitched myself up because I've gone for a bit of a... Can you leave me a gap so I can put it in, please? Oh. Can you leave me a gap so I can put it in? <laughs> Down the stack, man! Now you can go. Oh, I'm not going to say that again. <laughs> <laughs> um, so five players made their overall Premier League debuts for Chelsea against Liverpool. The joint most for the Blues in a match since 2004 against Manchester United. Do you have any idea who those five debutants, debutants were back in 2004 for Chelsea? I reckon we can do that. Yeah? I think 2004 was basically the first year they got their money. The so, yeah, so they would have gone mad in the... So we just got to oh. try and cast our mind yeah. back and think right. about who were the OGs of that Chelsea side when the money came in. Um, right, okay, we'll get the answer to that later on the show, as always. Um, we've got a couple of new bits uh, tonight um, that we'll go through. Obviously, we've got a we've got a live stream audience. If there is anybody in the audience that wants to talk about um, anything within the world of football and wants to ask us and get our opinions, we can do that at the end of the show, but feel free to get them in now if you want to. Um, and we've also got a new feature that will make its debut tonight um, called the Kickabout Alternate Universe. Uh, and I will explain what that is in just a moment, but I should probably give everyone the opportunity to tear into me for what was probably the worst <laughs> FPL weekend I could possibly have had. I mean, I don't even know where to fucking start. I, I changed my team a couple of times right before the weekend, and I kid you not, every single decision bit me on the ass hard. But when will you learn that tinkering mm. with teams does not work for you the trouble is is that you you keep making you, you make these scenarios in your head where everything makes sense and so like in your head they all like not captioning harland right so my here's my thing <laughs> fuck up yeah let's get it out of the way this was dan's this was dan's fault yeah, but I did not tell you to captain odegaard yeah but he was the only other option in my team really you had saka didn't you no oh. another another fucking <laughs> um but yeah, on paper, it made sense because you had Haaland playing against Burnley away from home. Burnley looked like they might have a decent season. So I thought maybe he won't get as much joy. And I thought, well, Nottingham Forest are playing Arsenal at the Emirates. Arsenal could smash them. And mm -hmm. Odegaard got a lot of assists last year. He got chipped him with some goals as well. 
So I thought it made sense in my head. And then it took hold on all of what two minutes? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I got that sinking feeling straight away. And then I got no clean sheet. Then Arteta decided to put Gabriel on the bench and not during mm. Timbo, and I just switched them over. Uh, I took. I took him out of the team. He scored twice. Mm. Um, there was no clean sheet for Tarkovsky. That was my one gamble, just because I thought maybe Sean Dyche would, uh, you know, put his teeth into that side, make them yeah. hard to beat. So that was my my quick gamble. Ramsdale didn't get a clean sheet because they conceded a goal. Um, Salah had a goal disallowed. Um, Nicholas Jackson did nothing. Almost gave away a penalty as well. That really would have been the cherry on the cake. And I've ended up with about 30 points, which is about 20 points less than the average. Mm. And I now want to jump out the nearest 20th floor building. <laughs> of, the like the of, the, of the 431 people in the Kickabout Podcast League, I am 416th. <laughs> I'm 15 places off the bottom. I mean, it's it's horrendous. I think uh, you're going to be winning that mystery T-shirt. No, I don't think yeah. so. It's uh, yeah, it's um, it's a marathon, not a sprint. But I need to do some sprinting. Any, any transfers? <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. The thought of using the wild card has crossed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and because the, the the fixtures that are coming up this weekend are pretty good on paper. So I might just swallow this week because any change that I do make, inevitably I'm going to have to make another one to, to mm. release funds. I don't want to, in the position I'm in, I can't then start taking minus fours as well. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to have to swallow this week as well and then get two free transfers next week and then do something then. Yeah. Um, the so, only cock up I had really was the Kane saga because he's taken about three months to move. I left it two days, sorry, one day before the game started, put him in left it at that went to bed woke up and he's bloody gone to Bayern Munich <laughs> so I've probably missed out on like, possibly between like five or ten points there yeah who would you have put in yeah, probably yeah yeah I feel like there's a couple of sleepers sleeper picks in there Isaac being one I think we're going to have to keep an eye on him because he looked really sharp yeah the only problem with that is like he just rotates him and Callum Wilson all the time like Isaac will score two goals and then he'll be on the bench for the next he game. has played them up he has played them both up front once or twice in the past though mm. so it's not beyond the realm of possibility and they're playing Champions League maybe he sees using Wilson much more in the Champions League and in cups than he does in the Premier League or maybe vice versa well, let's hope let's hope not <laughs> well yeah let's hope that as well in, in some in some cases uh, right um, so here we go we're going to announce our new um, feature this won't be in every week because it's going to be largely dependent on kind of what happens in the world of football um, but we're going to take an event from the weekend and we're going to pose a hypothetical scenario and come up with some stupid bullshit answers just to have a bit of a bit of fun and a bit of a laugh so in this week's Kickabout Alternate Universe, um, this weekend, Roy Hodgson gave him and us a mild heart attack um, when he uh, got rather hot under the collar in the uh, <laughs> Sheffield United Crystal Palace game. And um, possibly the worst, most unconvincing, menacing look I've ever seen. Like, it was so cringeworthy, it was difficult to watch. Uh, but it got me thinking, and that's because as a result of this, I've heard that Vince McMahon is on the phone to him trying to arrange a fight between him and Roman Reigns. Um, what hypothetical scenario could you guys think of um, between managers doesn't have to be current managers in the Premier League could be ex-managers in the Premier League what two managers would you like to see have a WWE match and how would it play out Dan I'll come to you first Fergie yeah and Egan Fergie and Egan yeah and how the hell would that play out because Fergie would murder him wouldn't he yeah <laughs> is that just why you just, yeah. you just want to see him murder Keegan <laughs> Keegan am I thinking the right one yeah the Newcastle the ex-Newcastle with the, yeah, with the perm yeah. 
or Fergie and Wenger. See, I still have Fergie. We'd murder him. Are you just are you just just throwing? Yeah, just because they were massive rivalries, weren't they? Yeah, between the two managers. See, I think Wenger would be a little dark horse. I think he'd be like a little dirty fighter. Mm. Kevin King would be all mouth, and he'd just yeah die early. <laughs> uh, Pete, what about you? I would probably have oh, Neil Warnock and. Oh, what's his name? The old Blackpool manager. Ian, Ian Holloway. Ian Holloway. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Because like, obviously, like, WWF, or WWE as it's known now, they they always do the trash talk before the uh, things. Nobody would understand them. <laughs> It'd be the longest run-up to a match ever because they'd just be constantly talking. <laughs> I don't think they wouldn't be fists. It would just be trash talk. Yeah, they were, exactly. They'd just get in a ring and just have a microphone, and that would be it. Um, so mine is... Um, I'd go David Moyes against Jose Mourinho, right? Uh, or maybe someone like, uh, I don't know, Steve Pulis, someone like that. Two of the most defensive... Right? Hang on, bear with me. <laughs> bear with me. We were for you, Did you... Are you both WWF, WWE fans from back when you were younger? Or yeah, when I was young. Do you remember the Iron Man match? Do you know what that is? Is that not the same as First Blood? No. So the Iron Man match was a... It was a match that lasted an hour. Right. Right, and basically... You, you went the entire hour and whoever scored the most pinfalls or submissions uh, would win, right? So I had this vision in my mind of David Moyes and Jose Mourinho or Tony Pulis having an Ironman match and nobody doing anything because they're just standing there waiting for each other to do something and it'd just be the most boring match ever conceived. David Moyes would be standing there doing nothing in his corner. Jose Mourinho would be doing nothing in his corner. Every time one of them came forward, the other one would go backwards. <laughs> going around the ring. Yeah, just literally going around the ring. There's like there's a big bang sketch where they're both doing that, where they're just going around each other and nobody's actually doing anything. So, yeah, there we go. A little bit of fun. Uh, let us know what your classic uh, matchups might be, ex-managers in the, in the Premier League. And, uh, yeah, let us know in the comments on YouTube or let us know on social media. Well, a little bit of fun there. Right, shall we get into some Premier League chat, gentlemen? Let's, we talk, are, some let's talk some football. It's been a while, Pete. It's been a while for you. Obviously, you weren't around with us yeah. last week. Um, we're going to start where it all started on Friday night. Mm. Burnley against Manchester City. Of course, we were streaming at the time, um, but I have since caught up with the highlights and bits and pieces. Um, Pete, I come to you first because obviously you are resident uh, EFL expert. What did you make of Burnley and were you... Impressed with them? Do you think that they show promise for the league? Obviously, it's a bit of a baptism of fire going up against Man City, but did you see signs of, uh, of positivity for them to take into the season? Yeah, definite, definite signs of positivity there. Um, first game of the season, coming up against a team like Man City is never going to be easy, is it? Um, given the changes that they had, I don't think anyone really knew what to expect from them. You know, the likes of Gundogan going. Um, but... I don't think anyone really thought they'd even get much of a footing in the game. City controlled the possession, uh, controlled the game overall, really. I didn't think they were at their best by any means, but it's a, it's a, a good stepping stone, really, for, for Burnley, I think, because they, they've played arguably what is going to be the best in the league this season. Um, and they can learn, 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 learn a lot from that. So mm. I, I think take as much positivity as out of that as, as you need to. Yeah, as I say, it was a baptism of fire. If you see that you've got Man City first on the on the fixture list, you could you could think of it as one of two ways. You could think of it as a free hit or you could think of it as a uh, cool we'll get that one out of the way and then focus on the season starts the following week. Mm. Um 
Dan, I mean, as far as Man City goes, it was business as usual, really, wasn't it? Um, yeah, pretty much. Um, rotated around again as usual. Yeah, I think he cooked a few FPL managers with no stones with Diaz, mm, although I yeah, think they, they were both not. Stones. Yeah. And Grealish as well. Grealish. De Bruyne, though, picking up another injury. Yeah, I think he's out for a couple of months as well. Yeah, well, supposedly it was the same hamstring injury that he did in the Champions League final. Um, the bad news from my point of view as a West Ham fan is that means that they're more likely to go into Akatar now. Mm, mm. Um, so we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. But uh, I think from Man City point of view, there was nothing really there to, to suggest that they're not going to be what we expect them to be. Um, from a podcaster's point of view, it's actually quite difficult to talk about Man City now mm. because what else do you say about them? They are relentless, they're machine-like, they're almost robots. They've got a striker up front who, you know, there was a few questions around media so suggesting you know could Haaland match what he did last season and I think he's probably silenced two, two goals and 23 touches yeah exactly so I think he's probably silenced a few of them already suggesting that you know he's going to be in that goal scoring form again um, and also a lesson to people like me who don't captain him, so, <laughs> so. Um, Newcastle next though for them yeah, that's um, going to be a hell of a game is that the Etihad had as well but I, I think that could be a real cracker given obviously we'll come to Newcastle in a bit but given how they played at the weekend um, yeah. I think Newcastle can go there without fear and I think they might take the game to Man City uh, next weekend um, what about uh, recruits then obviously they brought in Bardiol. Um if they bring in Pacatar do you think that's it or do you think they'll dip in for some for anybody else now that you know they've lost Mares, place like that would they look to replace him they've got Cole Palmer that I don't yeah. know Guardiola's a fan of Alvarez is obviously starting to play a bit more um, he played in the number 10 role I think do you think Kovacic is going to be a good enough replacement, Pete, for Gundogan? No. <laughs> In a word? <laughs> no, I don't either. I think I think he'll be a he'll be a good squad player, yeah. but I don't think you'll get a, a great deal more out of him than that. You're not going to get what Gundogan. I don't really think as much more City can really do with that side. It's such a complete squad with ridiculous depth. It's quite hard to build such an immense squad and keep everyone happy. Because mm. we saw at the tail end of the last season that. Carl Walker's starting to get a little bit agitated with not being guaranteed football all the time. Now suddenly it's, it's all worked out fine. So. Yeah, he's signing a new contract, isn't he? If he hasn't yeah. already signed it. Um, yeah, I think that uh, defensively, Man City's back line now is a joke. Um, did you see the stat about the number of, amount of money they've spent? So there's a stat that came up um, that Man City's current defensive spending, so the defenders that are in their squad right now, cost them 476 million. So that defense, there's probably seven or eight players across that entire mm. back line that, that contribute to that money. Burnley's entire transfer spending in their history, 350 million. There's been 120 million more on their defenders than Burnley have in their entire history. Um, that kind of says a lot, doesn't it, really, about the sort of uh, the gulf in, in wealth between some of the clubs and even at the top level of English football. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, so yeah, not really a great deal to say about City. Um, however, there is plenty to talk about in our next one at Stamford Bridge, mm. Chelsea against Liverpool. This one was, I really enjoyed this game, I have to say. Um, it petered out a little bit in the second half. Um, obviously, there was no goals in the second half, but the first half was, was a cracking game of football. Mm. What did you guys? What did you guys make of this one? Yeah, so it always ends in a draw, doesn't it? Seven <laughs> games in a row now. This has ended in a draw between these two. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought I thought it was a good game as well. I could have done with that Chilwell goal. Not gonna lie. Yeah, I mean, it could have been three all at half time, mm. couldn't it? With the Salah goal being disallowed as well as the Chilwell one. 
Um, I must admit, I mean, I thought that Liverpool were going to run away with it. You know, for all the talk, I, I, I picked up Chelsea a bit. I know, obviously, Lee had picked them up a little bit to us, saying they looked good in pre-season. Liverpool looked okay in pre-season, scored a lot of goals, but were also conceding a lot. But they looked dominant in that mm-hmm. first 20 minutes. Chelsea were all over the shot. And then the game just sort of switched. Mm-hmm. I don't know what whether it was that Salah offside goal that seemed to spur Chelsea into life. Um, but there's no doubt about it. If that goal was given and it made it 2-0, um, then that would have massively changed the outcome of that game. I mm-hmm. um, what do you think of Pochettino changing formation? Apparently they played with back four all pre-season and he starts yeah. with back five. I'm not sure. I'm not sure whether that was because like managers, you know, plenty of managers change formation depending on their opposition. I don't know whether that was because he was concerned about Liverpool's attacking mm. abilities. Um, Colwell, is it Colwell? Colwell for Chelsea. He was getting absolutely roasted mm. by Salah in that first half an hour, but then seemed to get on top of him for the rest of the game. I just think there was Pochettino reacting to what mm. Liverpool were likely to, to do to them, and I think he knew that if he could nullify that attacking threat, that he would probably get on top of them. Um, and on that topic, we talked about it last week, me and you, Dan, on, on the shows last week. Pete, do you, do you think that Liverpool side are still, you know, where, where do you think they are in terms of their rebuild and what they can realistically achieve this season? On the assumption they don't sign any more players, because apparently all of their players are trying to sign and want to go to Chelsea. So, <laughs> sort of give away my prediction. <laughs> um, I bel- I, they seem to think they're going to be contending for the title. All I can say is they, 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 they don't look. Although they have a good good pass to play for 30, 45 minutes, or so it needs to be consistent. Mm-hmm. Chelsea were there for the taking, they didn't take it out. Especially with Salah as well, that the attitude that he had when he came off. Yeah, it was things, interesting. Things, wasn't like, it? things like that, that champions don't have that attitude. Klopp seemed to play that down a little bit in the aftermath of the game. Um, were you surprised about that? Because it was the first game of the season. You know, do you really want your players acting like that on the first game of the don't season? Don't want your players acting like that in general anyway. Well, I mean, look, it's not the first time we've ever seen it. You can. It depends on how he, how he's done it because he didn't um, he didn't acknowledge Klopp. Klopp didn't acknowledge Salah when he came off. Um, Klopp seemed to hint that he sort of either didn't see what Salah had done. Um, the whole stadium saw. Well, yeah, I think that it was one of those things that. He probably saw what Salah was doing on the way off and he probably just deliberately turned his back mm. just to almost ignore the situation well, and just let Salah sort himself out, calm himself down and then deal with it later. I think, I think the change was justified though. He had, a, he had a good first 45 and like, like you alluded to, you know, he should have bagged actually quite a few. Um, and then as the second half came along, it sort of petered out a little bit. Chelsea really got a, a hold on the game and then they started making all these, I'd say, bizarre changes they bring on a lot of youth and they and, did a lot of changes didn't yeah, they yeah and then Liverpool just sort of tried matching them in a way and Salah wasn't they were, they were getting nothing up there at all it was just all Chelsea so to take him off and get Harvey Elliott in that one was fully justified yeah I'm not sure for, for me the, the, the whole situation with Liverpool right now and their lack of depth especially in that midfield area yeah um, was was highlighted by the fact that they started Cody Gagpo in midfield you know, he's not a centre midfielder. Mm. You know, he, he did a job, but he's not a natural centre midfielder. He wants, obviously, to play in a much more attacking way. I think they were sort of banking on him, I say, that he would bring Lavia coming in because they were talking about him taking another tender. <laughs> yeah. Um, Liverpool in a spot of bother. I mean, you know, what, what does that say about Liverpool that they've had two bids accepted 
for big money, you know, let's not forget, 60 million for Lavia and 110 odd million or what it was for Caicedo. And both players have rejected Liverpool because they want to go to Chelsea. What does that say about Liverpool? It's weird because Liverpool have at least got Europa League football, whereas Chelsea haven't got any European football. Is it purely money? I mean, like, it's not like they won't be on a good wage at Liverpool. Yeah, you're more likely to get in the team at Liverpool than you are at Chelsea. Yeah, absolutely. And they are in the middle of a bit of a rebuild, mm. Liverpool, so I feel like you could go there and make a bigger impact to Liverpool than you would at Chelsea. Chelsea have got a few more established midfielders than... Than they go than Liverpool do anyway. So yeah, it's an odd one for me. I can only I mean, Caicedo was talking about the loyalty that he felt to Chelsea because he'd given them his word. I'm not so sure about that personally. I think there was probably some other financial reasons involved with that. Um eight-year contracts are probably quite tempting as well. <laughs> uh, because, you know, even though I think it was Lee that sent us a, a link to Simon Jordan kind of explaining how they're getting around an FFP with these eight-year contracts. It is very clever. Yeah. The problem is, though, is that you've got players on eight-year contracts, and if they all suddenly decide to be dicks about it and don't want to leave, they can literally put their feet up. For some of them, that's a contract for the rest of their career, yeah. um, or for a large chunk of their career, if nothing else, and they're guaranteed that wage for the rest of that for the rest of that time. So it's, it is risky business. It's good business from a financial standpoint because it enables them to, to spend what is on the face of it very big money to get these players in but actually in reality what they're doing is, is that they're rolling the dice on these players actually becoming good you know if Mudrick doesn't start picking up that's going to be the first one that's going to come under the spotlight Enzo Fernandez, I thought was much much better in this game that was one of the best games I've seen him have I thought his footwork was really good still don't think he's worth the 105 million they paid for him but you know if he keeps performing like that then maybe that, you know, that attitude will change across the season um so, and on that topic with Chelsea, if we switch switch uh, um, focus to them, what did you make of of, of them? Um, Nicholas Jackson in particular, obviously up front, new signing in there. We think that he's the answer to their um, goal scoring problems. He had chances. Um, my curse of Chelsea striker, isn't it? Really, <laughs> I don't think it wouldn't matter who you put up there. Really, um, hopefully, you know, maybe next game. He's had a taste of it now. The nerves hopefully gone. Um, this might be one of those where you just need to get your first goal and then it's a bit like, right, breathe. I think he made a lot of decisions that were smart, um, where he went one-on-one -on -one with the keeper. But it's got unlucky. He tried clipping on the inside post and save it. But overall, I thought he had a really good game. I'd never heard of him. He came from Valencia. You know, a lot of players had, had, had a decent game. My only criticism of Chelsea, not only did they start slow, but once they grow into the game, they look a serious team. Mm. But they lack anything aerial, like aerial jewels yeah. in the final third. I don't think they win anything up there. Yeah, um, they're quite a small side, aren't they? Yeah. Mm. But they're, they're, they're playing it through the centre. When they play it through the centre, they play really good football. It's when they stretch out wide, they don't think to stop, play the ball back in. They just want to hoof it into the box. And there's no, there's no winners there, especially with Van Dijk. Yeah. So uh, they, were, they were fighting a losing battle there. Could set pieces be a problem for them defensively as well? You know, if you think about their team, if you go through midfield, if it's Enzo Fernandez, if it's Conor Gallagher, if it's Caicedo, none of them are particularly tall. Mm. Um, uh, they, how tall was Nicholas Jackson? He didn't look, he's he didn't got, look he's got to be on six, six foot ish, give or take. So, you know, he could come back and help out. 
but if you're going up a team that's got tall midfielders, tall defenders all coming in, they could outnumber you. You, yeah. you know, and that could be an area of weakness um, for Chelsea. Obviously, Lavia and, and Caicedo coming in are not going to improve yeah. that because they're both quite small themselves. So that could be an area that they get they get stuck on. We still got Nkunku and Kunku, sorry, to come back mm-hmm. at some point after his surgery. Um, but I, I, I liked what I saw from Chelsea. Question mark obviously over Reese James. Apparently he was tired. Yeah, that's strange. Less him. <laughs> First game of the season, he's already tired. So we'll have to wait and see whether that is true, whether there was an injury there. Um, I still not. Based on what I saw in this game from both Chilwell and from him, still seems to me like there is a very heavy reliance in that Chelsea team on those two players. Um, because a lot came through both of them because they were overlapping and playing so high on that width. You know, they were still very, very active and involved in the games. I think if you take them out, do the replacements go in and make such a big deal? Such a big... Uh, can they make an impact like those two can? I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't really know much about the replacement. Like, is it Matson? Is the left back? Gusto was when he came on at right back. Even certainly no, no patch on Reese James. So yeah, there's still some unanswered questions. I suspect that we'll see if uh, if Chelsea get Caicedo over the line. Which I think they have got him over the line now, and, and Lavia looks like that could be close as well. If they get those two over the line. I'd be surprised if they go back into the market for anybody else now. Um, they know they've got Nkunku coming back Goalkeeper. in. Yeah, it's true. They could go for a backup because they got rid of Kepa on loan, didn't they, mm. to Madrid? So it's possible. They could go for maybe a backup goalkeeper to Sanchez. Wonder if Sanchez went into that club thinking he'd be the first yeah. team goalkeeper. Wonder if that yeah, Kepa going out on it was on, already pre-planned. Was pretty or to get rid of. I mean, obviously the situation at Madrid was opportunistic because of what's happened to Courtois with his ACL. So Sanchez didn't look very comfortable. But he's not great with the ball at his feet. That's no, why no. Deserve dropped him. And if Poch wants to play out from the back, yeah, it's a strange one. then Sanchez might get found out once or twice this year because there's a few times where he dawdled on the ball for so long at the camera angle and I was like, shit, he's going <laughs> to lose it here. So, yeah, that was really interesting. But it was a tight game. Um, I think Chelsea, if, if there was a team to deserve the win, it probably would have been Chelsea. Um, but it, Liverpool did look dangerous on the counter once or twice in the second half. Gakpo, uh, sorry, Nunes went close with a deflected effort. Mm. Um so yeah, there's, there's still lots of work to be done in both camps, but I think they'll both be reasonably pleased. Who do you think is more pleased with that performance, Chelsea or Liverpool? It's like probably difficult. Chelsea, yes. Chelsea were at home, weren't they? Yeah. I think Liverpool would be more pleased with that because they're they've got more work to do with their squad and rebuild probably than Chelsea mm. do. Um, and I, I don't know. Neither of them will be particularly happy. I think that you know both no. managers are of the the that level where they won't like seeing their teams not working how they want them to, especially Klopp, given the sort of rise and fall, if you like, that's mm-hmm. the way to put it, of Liverpool over the last few years. I think both teams would have taken a point from that game. So. Yeah, um, they also just need that win. They've, they've not won a home game since March. <laughs> that's mad, wow. isn't it? That is mad. Um, yes. As fun <laughs> as funny as funny as it was laughing at Chelsea last year, I don't think we're going to be able to do that this year. No, um, just West Ham again. Yeah, uh, just West Ham. Yeah, it's fine. Um, yeah. So I don't know where. I mean, me and Dan are probably going to do our league table predictions at some point this week. Um, and obviously, we've got our predictions anyway that we did at the end of last week's show, um, which I am going to put. The, the form is ready. It's going to go on social media later on. 
um, so you guys can get involved in your predictions for the season. Um, Chelsea, I'm not sure. Um, I had in my mind where I thought Chelsea might come. Now I'm tempted to change. Yeah. Just because it's, I wish I'd done the prediction before the season started. Yeah, we should. We should have done it before the season. But unfortunately, we've, we've, we've left it a week. Um, so we're, we're now going to be clouded with what's happened on week one. Which is a bit annoying. Mm. Um, right, okay. Uh, let's move on. Uh, we're not going to have a break this week um, just because it's easier with the live stream just to sort of go all the way through. Um, so we're going to carry on. We're going to talk about Newcastle against Aston Villa. Outside of the Chelsea Liverpool game, I thought this was potentially the game of the weekend, just because of the work that both of them had done last season, both of them in Europe for the first time in God knows how long, made some good signings. Did anybody see this result coming? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, you saw down. you saw a five. Maybe not five one, but I knew Villa would get smashed. Every wow. single season, I put Villa players in my FPL season, and every <laughs> single start of the season, Villa shot. Or could you have told me that? <laughs> you told me to draw. You told me not to have Harlan as captain, but you left out that bit and tidbit of information. I purposely, because I wanted to have Matty Cash in my team, but I purposely didn't put him in because I know how shit uh, Villa are <laughs> in like the first sort of five games or so. So yeah, I didn't see it five one, but I knew that Villa would lose. Uh, Miller just piped in there and said that uh, Chelsea started last season. Though. We shouldn't remember, we shouldn't forget that. Um, <laughs> yeah, with with Villa though, I felt like they'd had a good preseason. They were scoring goals. I'd like this. I'd like the signings they've made. But obviously, the biggest issue that Villa have got now is that they've had two players in the space of a week with serious knee injuries. Um, thoughts go out to Tyrone Mings because that looked fucking nasty. Um, They're horrible ones where they get and sort of I, I suspect that, Dan, you've got more sympathy yeah, for these players. Honestly, than every time I see one of these ACL injuries, <laughs> I'm, I'm like... <laughs> yeah, I felt really bad for him. He went down off the ball. It's one of those ones that sometimes with football, you can tell straight away whether they're faking it or not. And as soon as he went down, because uh, I was watching it at the pub after our friendly on Saturday, and I said to the boys, I was like, Minx is in trouble here. He's done something. At first, the way he was land, where the way he was on the floor, I actually thought it was his shoulder because mm. he looked like he was sort of like lying like this. So I thought, well, maybe he's dislocated his shoulder. And then, um, obviously, when they were attending to him, you could see they were wrapping up his leg and his knee. I was like, oh, shit, that could be even worse. He's going to wait two years for his surgery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine he's probably already had it, to be honest. So, yeah, but for Villa, obviously, that is a big blow. That would also have a, mo- a, a morale effect on the camp as well, seeing two senior players like that going down with big injuries. Um, it does mean that Pau Torres comes back into the team basically straight away um, I know you said that Villa always shit on game one but I honestly didn't see I saw New, I could see Newcastle winning but I didn't see the demolition that happened I mean you know 5-1 this could have it could have been 8-1 like Newcastle was so so dominant in this game um, and I want <laughs> I'm going to get in there first because I know you're fucking you're, you're chomping at the bit for it Dan mm-hmm. um, <laughs> last week we did predictions um, where we actually spoke about who we thought maybe one of, would be one of the flops of the season uh, Dan who did I say? Tonali was your uh... yeah this isn't going done, well you've done alright you've done alright I don't even know why I'm doing this <laughs> I clearly don't know a fucking thing about football <laughs> Uh, yeah, I said Tonali would be would struggle, um, and I'll be honest, he was probably the best player on the pitch. We've probably just got an agenda because he looks like Jack. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he does. He is a spitting image of somebody that we know. Um, but no, I thought that Tonali was actually outstanding, really, really good. I mean, the the fact that he scored so early was 
sort of hilarious from from the point of view of the prediction that I'd made, but it was it, the desire to get that ball. Um, you know, th- there was a defender there. What are you looking for? I was going to try and find Villa's like opening fixtures, but it's proper long try. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the, the, the desire to not show that he was going to get to that ball before anybody else. Um, I just feel like the, the the overall play that he did, the quality on the ball. I think actually this oh, could be shit. an absolutely outstanding signing for Newcastle. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, I flipped around what I saw there. Mm-hmm. If, and it is an if, he can continue that form, um, Newcastle have got, got themselves a bargain. 50 million could end up being a bargain for, for, it's, that, for that It's good to change your attitude now because remember what we done with Haaland last year. We went, yeah, well, he might have got a hat to it, but... Yeah, yeah, let's wait and see. But 10 games later, it's 25 goals deep. <laughs> Uh, I'm not entirely sure how Wolves have not got one up there against United. Did he? What? Did he save it? No, he's just missed. (laughs) He's just shit. (laughs) Um... Yeah, Miller was saying. Miller just said there as well. Actually, you know, there's a lot of ACL injuries around football at the moment. It's been highlighted a lot in the women's game. Um, Obviously, Mings, Courtois. I think I kicked it a lot. You did, mate. You were you the trendsetter. Mm. Uh, show you're going to be the last one to get a surgery. Get your tin hat on, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, back to Newcastle. Um, you know, they carried on where they left off from last season. You know, it's it's always a bit of a... When you've had such an amazing season like they did, it's always a bit of a... Especially when you're not the usual top four in inverted commas. It's always interesting to see, can they carry that on? Was that a flash in the pan? Mm. Can they kick on again? Champions League football coming up as well. I'm very keen to see how they do in the Champions League. Um, has this performance and the way they went about it has this changed your opinion on what you might think Newcastle can do this season because I know we talked last week about could they handle Premier League and Champions League at the same time has has what you've seen here changed anything in your mind Uh, no I haven't put them in my Champions League predictions you don't think they'll come to all four good I don't I don't think they're going to take the Champions League that seriously this season I don't they don't have the depth I think they will just prioritise on the league, um, but it helps with the influx of cash. That they, so they were short of that. To be yeah, they, yeah, they haven't got much money. If they, <laughs> no, I think it's not the, just the about point. The point Pete makes is yeah, the point Pete makes is obviously FFP is makes its income versus expenditure. Um, but no, I, I think they will take. I think they will have a stab at the Champions League. Yeah, I, I think. Say, I feel I like think they the, might get carried away with it. Uh, yeah, it could actually mm. work the other way that they actually may end up putting too much focus on it because the fans will be expecting them to go hard in the Champions League. This is the first time they've been in Europe's elite competition for a long, long time. Um, probably back in since the days of Kevin Keegan, actually. But have you been the last manager that did it? Potentially, <laughs> yeah. Um, did Alan, actually, did Alan Pardew get fourth? Did he? Because he had one really good year when he had, like, Toyota, Johan Kabay in midfield and Ben Arthur. Papa Cisse. Papa Cisse, yeah. Bar up front. I feel like they may have got fourth place maybe, then. Maybe, maybe. So... Uh, but yeah, Miller as well, like saying that he thinks they'll come fifth. I, th- I think Newcastle will be fifth or sixth. I think Europa League will be um, about right for them. Who, um, who does he who's he got in his top four then? Miller, what's your top four? Give us your top four. Um, I mean, mine off the top of my head um, that I put earlier when I did the predictions on our form Man City first, United second, Arsenal, wow. Arsenal third. And I think that I had, this is what I was saying, I had Chelsea fourth, having seen them at the weekend. I'm not 100% sure, um, just because of the, you know, little bit of lack of quality in front of goal, weren't able to break Liverpool down, and just the way they started that game. I'm just not entirely sure. Maybe fourth might be just a reach for them this year. Mm. I think they'll be there or thereabouts, but mm. I'm, I'm 
questioning them. But then who who goes in their place? Because I don't think Liverpool are up to it. I don't think Spurs are up to it. Yeah. Newcastle and Aston Villa, I think, are going to be. Uh, you know, they're going to contend with Europe. Brighton as well. Brighton, Brighton could be an outside chance. So realistically, those top three: City, Arsenal, and United. Those are the ones I feel like are nailed on for Champions League. Depending on the order of the, of the second and third, I think we all assume that City are going to come first. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, who comes? Who comes in fourth? Um, so Miller saying City, Liverpool, United, Arsenal. He's Liverpool. They're second. Yeah, see, I put City, Liverpool, Arsenal, United. You think Liverpool wow. come second as well? Are we missing something? <laughs> yeah, no, is this something happened that we don't know about? Some, they're very happy Liverpool fans listening to this yeah. podcast right now, so just thinking that we're going to think they come second. But um, yeah, no, I think um, you know the transfer window is still open. Let's not forget we've still got two weeks of the transfer window yet. Yeah. yeah. So you know, there's every possibility that clubs are going to dip in again. We did say, didn't we, at the start of this window, at the end of last season, that this window could be a very, very busy one. And it's you know, we've seen some of the deals flying around already, and we're not that. Yeah. This. I think Tottenham are going to go out and buy another striker. They can't rely on Charleston. Um, is he? Is he? Apart from the fact that he's just done another U-turn for the fifth time this yeah, summer, and he's about to extend his contract. Um, yeah, I think United will dip in as well. Uh, looks like City are going to, you know, potentially be looking at Pakatar or somebody else. Um, Liverpool, as we know, need at least one midfielder, possibly two. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot more activity in the transfer window to come yet, I think, before, before it's on slam shot. Um, uh, we're looking at... Oh, yeah, the Auburn. Yeah, Auburn. The guy that uh, Spurs are looking at. So as well. um, Aston Villa, then. Just very quickly, um, obviously in the Conference League this year. Mm-hmm. How do we think they're going to do this year? Conference League is... <sighs> I, I don't think Villa will have a problem quality-wise. Um, because I think their squad is easily good enough just like West Ham's was I think the issue that might get Villa is not the actual the games themselves it's the travelling because you tend to have to travel mm. to more obscure places Pakistan I mean, Kazakhstan Kazakhstan yeah. Um, yeah they have to travel to more obscure places in the Conference League for their game maybe a bit more draining maybe a bit more taxing mm. if they keep picking up injuries like this then they might you know, they might need to dip in the transfer window again so um, that DRB looks a good there he does he does look very good took his finish really really well um, Watkins I think I think we said this last week didn't we that I wasn't sold on Watkins as being their only striker so hit and miss isn't he because he's so streaky he'll go five games in a row scoring goals and then he'll go five games not scoring yeah. goals and I don't if Aston Villa like have ambitions of winning the Conference League of, of getting back into Europe via a finish in the Premier League I'm not sure they can rely on just Watkins. Mm. I think they're going to need something else. Right. If nothing else, they just need another striker just to give the man a break. I, I said that when Ings left for you. Look how that turned out. They ended up bagging goals left, right, and centre. So. This is true. Um, but look, I mean, look, if they can get DRB scoring goals um, and whatever, then, you know, who knows? Maybe they can uh, do a Man City and spread the load around their midfield as well. But um, we shall see. Right, moving on. A couple more games to talk. Um, Brighton against Luton. Um, we'll start talking about Brighton first before we get on to talking about poor old Luton. Um, Brighton looked, you know, for all for all Luton were poor. Mm. Brighton looked very, very good again, didn't they? Um, they've just got this incredible ability, and they do it year after year. No matter what players they lose, no matter who comes in, they find just a way of playing and getting through these games. And Solly March was brilliant in this game. 
and CISO was my pick. I thought he was going to have another good season, but he didn't even... I think he got, like, a minute off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think, overall, Brighton are in good shape again this year. Uh, what did you guys make of their performance? Yeah. Um, I mean, that João Pedro looks quite good as well. Even though he was, I think, well back start of the game. No, João uh, Pedro. I think they both started. João Pedro, Pedro definitely started. started. He's, he's the first player to ah, score against... Like, even like newly newly promoted sides, and they both happen to be uh, in Town. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, it was two. It was over two seasons. <laughs> Something happened with, with Jao Pedro it, scoring against Luton, and they fucking ate him. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think Brighton. They just. I just love the way they play. I, I just think they're such an entertaining mm. team to watch. And it looked to me, I mean, okay, granted they were playing Luton, we'll talk about that in a minute. Mm. Um, but on the face of it, at least, it very much felt like Caicedo perhaps won't be the miss that we thought he might be. Um, whether that, you know, translates across the entire season, we'll have to wait and see. Um, but they certainly were their same free-flowing attacking selves. So let's talk about Luton. Pete? We predicted at the end of last season that Luton might struggle. Were you expecting this level of struggle? Is this what no. you thought? No, um, seriously not. I mean, the style of football that they've played over the past few years in the Championship has always got to me a little bit. It's pretty much like Barnsley, where it's very much hit and hope, but yeah. it's a lot of energy and intensity. Now, when you move to the Premier League, as we all know, that intensity means nothing if you make one mistake. And Luton Town did not make one mistake. They made 10 mistakes in 10 minutes. <laughs> and you know, I wasn't overly convinced on Brighton's performance. So I'll have to disagree there. While I think they deserve to win, I think, frankly, anyone in the league would probably deserve that win against Luton's performance. You can't give anyone that many opportunities. And what's like we were saying for the third time, doing a chest and a couple of keepy-ups yeah, six I mean, yards mm, from your mm. goalkeeper it's probably not the smartest idea um, they've got a lot to work on and they need to learn very very quickly yeah I think baptism of fire is probably the word I'd use um, it, it felt very much like Luton just weren't ready for Premier League they just, well, they, when I say that they weren't ready for kind of the intensity the ruthlessness the, yeah. the clinical nature of Brighton um, you know, they might have got away with some of those in the championship last year against other weaker I mean, teams. Some, some teams have ma- actually managed to adapt to me. Teams like Brentford, where we see there's a lot of intensity in that side and they can catch teams on the counter. You know, we've seen plenty of times where it's just been one big hoof ball to Tony. Whereas Luton don't really have that physical presence up top yeah. to sort of hold the ball off and fill them with Mitchell. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Either they're going to need to have a huge style of play change, which is near on impossible to ask in most teams. Yeah. Um, or they just need to try and do a bit more research in these teams and go into a different approach. Otherwise, they're going to be in trouble. Given the, uh, the, the home, the, the situation with their ground is a very old school, to put it nicely, ground. Do you think that their, their home form is going to be key for them this year? Because you feel like maybe the the atmosphere, the unusual style, the unusual ground, you know, the players are going to, do you think that they might just try and capitalise on that and pick up their points at home this season? 
Yeah, with, with those sorts of stadiums, the 12th man does help a bit before it tends to get sucked into the net. But uh, I don't think it's going to be that much of a help to the season. You, uh, remove the chat box from your face. Yeah, I think Luton are in, you know, it, it, it's no surprise that Luton were everyone's favourites to go down before the season started. And I highly doubt that the uh, opinion has changed. I suspect the bookies might even stop taking bets at this point after that. Yes. Um, of, of the players that Luton have got, Pete, um, you know, we, we put there, you know, Mitrovic with Fulham, Ivan Tony with, uh, with Brentford. Who is Luton's player who, who, in their squad? Who do you think is their player most likely to sort of like at least make them look somewhat capable of getting out of trouble. Well, the one that I had in my FPL was John Matty. Didn't even play a single minute. <laughs> uh, and Tom Lockyer as well. He was the one that had the... Was he the one that passed out in the final? Yes. He was, yeah. yeah. yeah huge, it's good to see him back. He can be a huge player, but he's a little bit of a loose cannon, which is why I'm not surprised he's on the red cards <laughs> for this season. I think he's just going to lose his head. Um, but a huge player. Um, again, Luton are very much one of those teams where it's not a uh, an individual; it's more a team. Um, but you do need quality players, and like with Fulham, you've got Mitrovic. You, you sort of need that standout. Luton don't really have that. Um, they are just a collective. So I don't, <laughs> I don't want to write them off because I, I feel so shit when I'm getting them <laughs> I know what you mean. Who is on next up? Uh, is, isn't it? Because um, it was their home oh, game. Cancelled. But they've, it? they've had to Burnley. cancel Burnley. That was mm. it. Yeah, they've had to cancel it. They probably could have done with that game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. Um, Luton away days must be classes, Miller. I mean, imagine it's, it. I can confirm it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I've never gone to a football. I've, I went to the pub just around the corner from there, and you walk over this scaffolded staircase and see someone having a barbecue and probably see someone giving birth on their sofa about three doors down it's really not that exciting mate <laughs> but imagine if you knew something you could just like nip in for a quick cup of tea at mm. half time you know screw, screw going down to the burger van or something just nip round old Barbara's and say can you put a bit of toast on for me and make me a cup of tea at half time but yeah it's it's such a it's a throwback almost isn't it it's almost like you're going through a time portal like the old Doctor yeah. Who TARDIS you know, you've got all these such modern stadiums like the Emirates, like um, White Hart Lane, and then you see Grig Lane, and you think, am I in a different fucking country? Like, what is this? It's, it's incredible that that is a Premier League stadium. Old school. Kenilworth. Kenilworth, sorry, not Grig Lane. Grig Lane is uh, Berry, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um, Luton to finish above Sheffield United. Was... Well, maybe by position. Yeah, I was going to say, they're still, they're still going down, both of them. Um, so, right, okay, uh, let's move on. The final game we're going to talk about is Brentford against Spurs. Um, this was the game, the first game on Super Sunday at uh, 2 o'clock. Interesting game, this one, because we got to see two clubs trying to adapt to life without their main strikers. Um, we'll, we'll come to Spurs in a minute. Brentford without Ivan Tony until January, as we know. Um, I felt like they did okay. I felt like they, they pushed the ball around and they still look dangerous going forward and Buemo looks like he is going to be heavily involved in he everything looked, that they he do. He looked sharp. He did look sharp. He should have scored the uh, the one that came across goal. Do you have him in an FBL? No. Um, but I'm tempted to put him in at some point just because 
the way he took that penalty, and he will be a penalty taker. A tinkler. Yeah. So <laughs> like LMA all over again, isn't it? Um, I know what'll happen. I'll put him in, he'll get injured, or he'll just stop scoring. Yeah, anyway, don't, so. don't put him in. Please. I'll let you know what I do, so you can take him <laughs> out. So, but no, I think they, I think they look good. Um, to be honest, I've not really seen a great deal in terms of new signings. Have they? What have they signed this year? Anybody? Not your head. I don't, I don't think they've signed many. If they have, but goalkeeper Flecken. Yeah. Um, obviously, David Raya off to off to Arsenal. I just, to me, it was just a continuation from Brentford. They just seem to just turn up, do their job, and and get results. Good to see they can still get a result without turning the team as well. Yeah. What then you were going to say? That's just the same. That's a strange one, Raya to Arsenal. I'm, I can't really work that one out um, because Arteta, I'm pretty sure, was at the club the last time he had two good goalkeepers there mm. and it didn't work out well. Martinez went to, went to Villa. Mm. So I'm not really sure what the thinking is here because I don't see him dropping Ramsdale. Has Ramsdale... I mean, Ramsdale... There was, there was some disgruntlement with Ramsdale. He wasn't confident or someone wasn't confident that Ramsdale could hold up to the pressure. But from last season, he seemed to be pretty good. I mean, you've only got to cast my mind back to one or two games, in particular the Liverpool game towards the end of last season. I know they ended up not winning the league anyway, so it didn't matter. Um, but he basically single-handedly got them a point that day. It's Leicester at the start of the season as well. Yeah, I, I mean, he is an incredible shot stuffer. I would say, though, that with the ball at his feet, Ramsdale is questionable. Yeah, he yeah. is prone to mistakes, so that might be where their thinking is. It would take... Some bollocks, though, from Arteta, given how things are going, for him to drop his goalkeeper um, and bring mm. and, do, and do that. So we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. Raya is only on loan. It's worth noticing a three million loan fee with a 27 million option to buy it at the end of next season. So we'll have to wait and see there. Um, let's uh, switch tacks then back to the Brentford Spurs yeah. game. Let's talk about uh, Spurs. Um, we'll, we'll start with Harry Kane. We've got to, we've got to talk mm. about that. The, the move that finally went through... Um, caught a few FPL people out as it did with P, but the the overall sentiment here is that this was a, this is a good move for, for Harry Kane. Um, when do you guys come down on this? Do you think this is a good move, a sensible move? Are you surprised that he's gone to Bayern Munich? Um, not really. I mean, he was linked there for most of the season, like end of last season and summer, really. I think it just took a long time to go through. I'm surprised by the feet. This is not typical of a German side to spend that sort of money. No. Um, God knows how much it would have been for an English club. <laughs> right. This is Daniel Levy we're talking about. Gone, though, he? I was going to say, he yeah. just won't sell him. Um, I think it's a good move for him. Yeah. It's a shame, I think, for the Premier League to be losing him. Yeah, agreed. Um, I just think the manner in, in how it was done is a bit off to me. I mean, to get rid of him, what, a day or two before the just season starts? because he's in your FPL. No, it's, yeah. it's, not even, it's not even because of that. One reason because of that, but <laughs> to... You know, he he's a... a main part of what that Spurs side was and to get rid of him two or one day before the Premier League season actually starts it throws the whole team under the bus in a way doesn't it yeah I mean the only thing I can think of is that I mean we, we've obviously whenever these things happen whenever you get these long sagas that happen you normally always get more information about what's gone on behind the scenes after it's happened and what we've had so far is we've had Ange Postacoglu sort of saying that from day one when he had a chat with Harry Kane Harry Kane said he wanted to go mm. there was never any question that it sounded like he was going to he wanted to stay I'm sure if it hadn't worked out that he would have carried on playing and would have been professional and all that 
But Harry Kane made it very clear that he was not interested in staying on the assumption that a move came, came forward. Um, Harry Kane has obviously since given interviews and, and talked about his reasons. He said that he didn't want to regret not trying a different culture, a different league, um, and all that kind of stuff. So I sort of get that. And he also hinted at coming back as well, because the question was put to him about Alan Shearer's Premier League record. Alan Shearer's had a whale of a time with this, by the way. <laughs> I don't know if you saw Match of the Day when Gary Lineker gave him his... Um, his pilot hat and told him to put that back on because he was insinuating that Shearer had flown into <laughs> Germany. Um, but he did hint that, you know, he's got plenty of years left in the tank, plenty of gas in the tank, and hinted that he may yet still be interested in coming back and maybe looking to try and break the record later. Mm. The problem is, is he's, I think he's like 40 old goals by 42 goals behind, something like that. So under 40. Well, yeah. that would put him to about 34. Mm. 42 goals, unless he has two absolute worldies, that's minimum two years if he has two amazing mm. seasons more likely three or four seasons is he going to be able to break that record at three or four seasons at the age of 38 who knows um, I just so, don't get why, why, why would you play him through pre-season that's the only part that I don't understand about it just in case he just in go, case I yeah. yeah I mean if, if Harry Kane was of the mindset look I'm obviously 100% committed if I don't move so Buster Cogley is like well this is Daniel Levy we're talking about yeah yeah you know, he's, and apparently he even Spurs even got a bit funny with him on the on the plane Apparently, like, got confirmation that he could fly over there for medical, and then he was at the airport, and yeah, they rang him and said, him. "No, don't go yet," or something yeah. like that. So he had to turn around. <laughs> fucking Daniel Levy, just like he couldn't help, just one last fucking dig at Harry Kane before he went. It's like love, actually. Yeah, it is. Yeah, exactly that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, I think that this is going to be a real adjustment, and you know, there's been a, a number of clubs this summer that have lost talismanic players. Now, you know, you look at you know West Ham losing Rice. Kane going, Southampton losing Ward Paris. These are players that have been with their club a long time. Phil Jones. Phil Jones, exactly. Yeah. Harry Maguire could be going. Mm. I mean, what on earth will you do other than celebrate wildly? I mean, all these legends are in the club. McFred is no longer a thing. <laughs> we have dined out on McFred for the last three seasons of this podcast. Whatever will we do now? So, yeah, it's, it's been a, a summer of big transfers and big moves. Um, how did you feel going back to the game? How did you feel Spurs dealt without Kane in this game? Obviously, early days, first game I know. Um, but... To be honest, I don't know actually because I was driving at the time, so I was just listening to it and then I just watched the highlights. So I don't really know like what formations and stuff they were playing, but I feel like some would be better through the middle. Um, but I, I think they were playing Richarlison as a full time. Yeah, I for me, Richarlison is not going to be the replacement. Um, I still think he's a good player and a useful player and I think he will get them goals. The trouble is is that what you're trying to replace is a man who scored... Um, <laughs> Dan's, Dan's having kittens here. This is quite end-to-end. <laughs> so this Man United Wolves game is very end-to-end here. Um, yeah, uh, you're trying to replace a striker that scores 20 to 25 goals every single season. Mm, with um, one that scored one four offside goals. Yeah, exactly. He got, he got more yellow cards for celebrating offside goals than he did actual goals. Um, look, I still think Richarlison will probably get 10 goals, maybe 15, an absolute push, just because he's going to be a bit more of the main man. He's not got Conte there, who he obviously didn't like. He'll have a bit more, he'll be more important to the team. He will spend less time on the bench, all those things. However, if they have, if they want to get back into Europe's elite competitions or Europe in general, I'm not sure Richarlison is a striker that's going to do it. No. Despite the fact that he is Brazil's number nine and seems to perform very much better for Brazil, it's probably because he's got players like Vinicius Jr. and Pacquiao around him. And Neymar. And Neymar. Um, 
I'm just not convinced right now that Richarlison is the man who's going to um, uh, he's going to do it. Miller says that because Miller's a Spurs fan, he says they played a four three three. Um, pretty sure it was Son, Kulusevski, and Charleston was the front three. Mm. I will say this though, um, you know, it wasn't all doom and gloom for Spurs. I thought James Madison was very good. Um, we all thought he would be a good signing His anyway. His free kick for the first goal. His so free kick good. was unbelievable. Um, headed in by a man who already had a concussion, and I can't imagine the ball <laughs> the ball hitting him in the face at that sort of pace did that any good. Um, but yeah, I, I, Madison for me is going to be a brilliant player for them. Yeah. Um, He's going to be on set pieces. He's going to be on, you know, he's going to be involved in everything. Um, he could be another one to keep an eye on for FPL for, for certain. I don't think he's that expensive. I think he's like seven, seven and a half mil. Yeah. So, um, defensively, though, it's always going to be an issue. Not convinced at all by that defence at all. Um, Eric Dyer out of the squad as well. Yeah, well, I mean, he thought that was a good thing. I mean, Emerson Royale, to me, he just looks so clumsy. I mean, he took it, in fairness, his goal was, <laughs> his goal was pretty good, but from a defensive point of view, he looks so awkward. Like, he just looks like he's about to fall over his own feet at any moment. Um, obviously, Christian Romero going off did seem to have a difference to the team because he is probably their best defender. Um, that did seem to, to, to knock them a little bit. So, talking of teams that are likely to be acting in the chance window between now and the end, I think Spurs will be in for some... They've got to spend some money on that came on, on bringing either... For me, they've probably got to bring in a striker and at least one defender. It was weird not seeing the recent goal as well. Yeah, so apparently uh, they offered him to Real Madrid and to Inter Milan. Got turned down both times. Um, there's talk now of maybe an extension at Spurs. Really? Apparently so. Miller, left and Miller can maybe confirm. He's a free that. agent, isn't he? No, I know, but I think they might just sign him on a one year. Yeah. Well, with, Miller can maybe confirm in checks. I know he's across all this sort of stuff at Spurs, but I was only under the impression that uh, Lloris may yet still be a, um, uh, uh, a goalkeeper for Speak, Spurs. Speaking of, what about uh, Lukaku? <laughs> <laughs> Are you, are you talking about Juventus? Are you talk about the Juventus reaction? Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. Yeah, Juventus, so... Um, With all the... Uh, I mean, can someone explain, drama. like, how, how has it got to this point? Lukaku is now universally hated by the entire country of Italy. Because Inter Milan fans don't want him. They do that, though, don't they? Yeah. The Italians it, love a... They're just sort of like... because It's because of all these ultras. I mean, <laughs> you, we cast our mind back to last season when the, the AC Milan ultras were basically talking to the AC Milan players and giving them a telling off like they were school children. Um, we saw the Napoli manager getting his own property handed back to him just because he won the league last year. He <laughs> stolen two years previous or whatever it was. Um, and now oh. and now we've got a... Oh, a, oh he's, tell me who scored. Varane. Raphael Varane. Oh. We're getting that clean sheet. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully that was a Rashford assist. Um wound the Oh, oh. <laughs> um, I'm sure there's somebody he's got the shirt on tonight as well <laughs> charm um, needed that <laughs> so yeah and now we get to a situation with Lukaku doesn't, they're not wanted by Inter Milan he's currently obviously at Chelsea it's easy to forget that oh, he shit. is yeah. actually back at Chelsea um, clearly not getting anywhere near Chelsea's starting lineup. Um or even would it be do you know what, it wouldn't surprise me if he's not even named in their 25 yeah um, even in an emergency I think they won't play him Inter Milan don't want him and now Juventus 
who have been heavily linked with him, which is one of the reasons why Inter Milan don't want him, is because he was going behind their back trying to organise a move to Juventus. Juventus fans went onto the pitch and protested against the potential purchase of Lukaku. <laughs> You've got a, your prospective club has basically said no to the point that they invaded the pitch and committed a criminal act of, of invasion <laughs> just to make sure that you don't sign for the club. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, so, I don't, what is next for Lukaku? I mean, on the top, we'll stay on here, but what is next for Lukaku? Where does he go? It's funny that MLS, listening, Saudi Arabia? Listening to a stat um, the other day. More in danger. <laughs> like, Lukaku. I'm going to touch this stat. Well, I thought he was a stat man. I know. As soon as I started saying <laughs> yeah. that, I thought, I don't Give him a pink brief earlier. I remember listening to it and thinking, oh, okay. Um, but he's scored, like, second most. Premier League goals like uh, different clubs or something like that. We well, played for four Premier League clubs, or was mm. it five? Four: Everton, West Brom, Chelsea, United. Same as yeah. Um Spurs. <laughs> and I Miller, well, Miller would love Luke with, with everything going on. That is the most Spursy purchase. <laughs> so it's just amazing to me that this player who for most of his certainly the early part of his career was basically like the next big thing. And so then, West Brom as well. Yeah, West Brom, Everton, yeah. Chelsea and, and United. It, it really does... Uh, Miller's just saying there that um, Miller... Uh, uh, Lloris, sorry, is maybe in talks with Lazio, so maybe I am wrong. Um, what you <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, like Lukaku, for most of his young part of his career, was touted as the next big thing. You know, when he had that loan move from Chelsea to, like, West Brom and then to Everton. You know, he was an absolute... Just... He was one of those players that you wanted in your team all the time. He scored some massive goals. And then as his career went on, he, his, his physique changed a little bit. He then started to get this reputation of not really being able to sort of control the football, not scoring or turning up in big games. Then he goes abroad to Italy, absolutely tears it up for uh, Inter Milan in his first spell. Has always been very good for Belgium, by the way. He's got an incredible scoring record for Belgium. And now all of a sudden we're sitting in a situation where there are clubs who are refusing, even just based on rumours at this point, even if it is concrete, in, concrete, concrete interest or not, they don't want him to come. So, like, is his career at the top level? Is it over? Is it done? Okay, next, there's, where can there, he there's, go? There's got to be someone there for him. The only problem with him is he'll either have a really good game or he'll play like he's on day release. <laughs> so... The problem is with Luke Harkin is he can't shut his fucking mouth. Every time he goes to a club or whatever, he's, he badmouths his previous club. Yeah. Um, so he's currently sat at Chelsea. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he's not even like training. He's, like, he's just at home because <laughs> the shit he said about Chelsea over the time, I mean, I sort of half put it out there towards the end of last season that maybe with Pochettino coming in, maybe, you know, them needing a striker as well. This was before they got Jackson and, and, and Kunku maybe they could maybe try and do something with Lukaku to bring him back into the fold, maybe rejuvenate and maybe try and repair those bridges that he burned when he went to Milan. But clearly, you know, from what we've seen, that that's, that's not going to happen. No. Um, but um, anyway, um, back to back to Spurs then. Um, just quickly, what do we what do we envisage for the season for, for Spurs? What's a realistic... Now they've got rid of Kane, what's realistic for them, do you think? Where's that buzzer from your phone? Well, sometimes, sometimes maybe good. Sometimes <laughs> maybe shit. <laughs> what, like position-wise? Yeah, I think that it's, it's going to depend on how that we probably need to have this conversation again at the end of the transfer window to see what they brought in. Yeah. Um, for me, I think that um, 
Uh, I don't think Ted, Ted Lasso would take him for AFC Richmond. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that if Spurs don't replace Kane, if they don't bring that, if they don't bring anybody else as of right now, this is their squad for the season. I'm not sure they're making Europe this year. I think there are other teams from you know you look at the teams who were out of it last year. Liverpool were out of large parts. Chelsea were out of it massively last season. Um, with, with Brighton, Villa, and Newcastle now in that group now, who are challenging for Europe, I'm not sure Spurs have got enough to get amongst that across an entire season. Um, I think they need more, especially if Son has another season like he did last year. But Tottenham to do anything this year, Son has to step up now. Son has to try and find that form that he had a few years ago. But obviously, you know, him and Kane had that partnership that was so fruitful together. He doesn't have that anymore. So he's either got to try and build one now with Richarlison or with somebody else, or just take the game on the scruff of the neck and do it himself. So we shall see. Right. Um, let's move on then. Uh, we're going to ne- now into the transfer section, Dan. So. Um, get your phone out get your uh, your notes and bits and pieces out um, and we will talk through some of the rumours and transfers and bits and pieces that are currently going on so uh, Dan when you're ready I'll uh, I can only feel for so long mate so I'll yeah, bring sorry, it up on your phone <laughs> <laughs> <It's good laughs> <as> well. <laughs> let's start off with uh, West Ham so you've just signed Ward Prowse haven't you we have yep. fantastic signing what a guy yeah, 30 million, I think, is a good price for him as well. Um, I think that his... The one thing that's going to endear him to the West Ham fans the most is his work rate, mm-hmm. because he just, you know, will, will put, his, put himself on the line and, and live and die for it. Um, I would also like to say, actually, last week, Dan, we spoke about, obviously, West Ham last week and what was going on with their transfer situation. Mm-hmm. And one player I mentioned was Suchek, and I didn't think he was good enough. Ironically, he's just about to sign a new contract if he hasn't already. And Flynn Downs is now going on loan to Southampton, apparently, going the okay. other way. And ironically, I was kind of thinking, well, let's keep Downs because he can do so. And Suchek, shit, get rid of him. <laughs> but now, what's happened is, is that in the first game of the season, Suchek looked like the player that we first bought. Because, and I was trying to think about, well, why is that happening? The only thing I can think of is that Rice going has now allowed him to go back to the role that he was when he first joined and being a bit more of a box-to-box, arriving late in the box, winning headers, doing few, doing less of the keep-ball possession-based stuff that he was required to do last yeah. season because West Ham were so focused on pushing Rice, Rice up the pitch that Suchek had to do that CDM stuff. Now it's the other way around. And with Alvarez coming in now, Alvarez can do that, and Suchek can now push a little bit higher on. So actually, Suchek might still have a, a place in the, in, the, in the squad or a place in the team. Ward-Prowse coming in is massive. His set-piece ability for West Ham is going to be so big. If we do sign Slabhead, um, <laughs> then there's every chance he'll get a lot of goals this season. Totally because, Flynn down because, of, <laughs> because of um, Ward-Prowse's delivery. So I'm looking forward to seeing him in a West Ham shirt. I'm looking forward to West Ham hopefully signing one or two more. Um, but El- Alvarez and Ward-Prowse are good signings and hopefully will help us uh, bridge the gap. I really don't want us to sell Pakatar. I don't want us to sell our two best players in the same fucking window. That yeah. would be... I think West Ham fans will get very, very annoyed at that. The, am- the ambition will soon be questioned. Very much so. Um, and look, I don't... I don't have a problem with Pakatar wanting to go to Man City. You know, Man City are now... They're in that group of clubs now, Man City, that where you can't say no. They're in that Barcelona, that Real Madrid category where you can't almost say no to them now. Yeah. Um, so I don't mind. And apparently he's being very professional. He's still playing. He's still training. He's, he's fine with staying, if that's how it transpires. 
but he's basically said that if Man City come in with a reasonable offer and West Ham accept it, he will go, um, which is fine, fair enough. But now it's down to West Ham. He's got an 85 million release clause that doesn't activate until next year. I think we have to keep hold of him for one more year and then see how it plans out, see how it plans out across the year. Hope that maybe Man City go and buy somebody else and then don't need Pakistan next year. Um, or at the very least, it gives us a year to plan without him. Because who knows, we might even have a different manager next year. One can hope. Well, I mean, you planned for Declan Weiss to come a year ago. and Took us most they... of the transfer and yeah. fucking replace him, yeah. I don't get why they do that. I really don't get it. I can only presume this is West Ham hilariously playing hardball because they obviously played hardball with Arsenal to get the price they wanted. And then all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, West Ham have got 105 million to spend. Let's uh, up the price by 10 million. West Ham have gone, no, that's not fair, that's not market value. And so, well, hang on a minute, you just did that to Arsenal, so... Stonks. Yeah, exactly, so there's probably a bit of that. Um, but uh, look, if we can make a few more signings, then uh, then I think we'll, we'll, we'll be okay. And then the question marks will then all be on Moyes as to how he can integrate these new players. Can he change the system in some way to make us a bit more attacking? But I'd be very surprised if those things happen. Yeah. Talking about West Ham. Nice. Anthony Martial was set to hold talks over his future at Manchester United with West Ham, one of three clubs interested in it. There's two United, then. I mean, and McTominay, you could be three. (laughs) Um, West Ham's history of strikers is fucking atrocious, right? Um, Give us us the stat. Is it 53? Since you've been taken over, since, what, 2010, you've had 51 or 53 strikers which have netted you a total of 48 goals or something like that. <laughs> Excellent. We are six years into this experiment to put Antonio up front and he's still our only good striker. <laughs> um, we've had Haller, who was amazing before us, was shit with us, amazing after us, because <laughs> these managers actually knew what they were doing. I guarantee you, Skamaka will, let, will set the world like Atlanta. Because he looked... I mean, he got eight goals in 24 games for us last year in a very injury-hit season. Uh, Sassuolo. Um, so I think so. he'll go there and he'll have an amazing season. And it will just be further evidence. When are the West Ham hierarchy going to realise it's not the players? And you know what? <laughs> we set him off. Oh, you've, got, you've fucking done me, boys. <laughs> I'm, I'm off. West Ham <laughs> Well, I'm going to bring another one in because the news today is that fucking Jesse Lingard is training with West Ham. Oh. To keep to po- supposedly keep his fitness up, but you know that David Moyes is going to be fingering him behind the bike shed trying to get him to join. <laughs> I can't st- just. We've been trying to buy this fucker for four years. He doesn't want to play for us. All he wants to do is go and do his esports stuff. <laughs> oh my God, West Ham do my head in. Oh, you've ran me out now. Move on. I'm just going to Twitter search for him and see what happens. Well, Romano tweeted earlier that talks were progressing, so it's it, it's looking likely as things stand that he could go. Um, Newcastle are looking to secure a loan move for either Kieran Tierney or Cucurella. Interesting. I can see Kieran Tierney happening, potentially third choice left back now with Timber there, um, with Zinchenko as well. I'd be surprised if Cucurella goes just yet. Chilwell's injury history. Uh, I know they used Matson at the weekend instead of Cucurella when they took... Um, did Chilwell go off? He did go off, didn't he, yeah. towards the end? Mm-hmm. Um, but Cucurella has been shit. Like, really shit for Chelsea. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if Chelsea are, are looking to um, potentially move him on. Um, 
needs a fresh start, I think. What do you, what do you reckon? And Chelsea had a terrible season. To be fair to them, this is true. Could he? Could he? Could he be better in a better team that's playing better football? Because he was very good at Brian. Yeah, put that yeah, out yeah. there. So he's clearly not a bad player. But like so many others, he just looked awful. I, th- I think we said with with Chelsea, if, if any manager is going to get the best out of those players, it would be someone like Pop. So one more. Go on in. I don't know uh, how true this one is, but apparently Tottenham are considering a move for Bolleran Balligan. Oh, the Arsenal striker. Mm. See, he was. Mm. Where, did, where was he on loan last year? Uh, the French team. Is it? What's the one with the English bloke in charge? English oh, bloke. is it Ren? Ren. Ren or possibly Ream? Yeah, I'm not sure. I can't um, but yeah, I, he's apparently. I was reading on uh, on social media that Arsenal fans were not particularly impressed with him in pre-season, um, which is why he probably won't get a look in at Arsenal ahead of Jesus or Enketia. Um So we'll have to wait and see whether he's going to be um, moved on or not. Um, I think it'll be a good signing. Would it be a good signing for Spurs? He's, he's an untested striker. Would, that would Spurs be better off going to find a bit more of an established striker that they? that they kind of know a little bit more about what they're getting. Um, and also Balogun, because he, you know, he needs to understand going from Arsenal to Spurs. Mm-hmm. That's a cardinal yeah. sin. Sol Campbell. Sol Campbell-esque, exactly. Um, just quickly talk about Neymar, um, the latest player heading to Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Obviously, you mentioned Mbappe earlier. I can't be asked to go to that because that's ridiculous. Um, would you like to hear Neymar's salary? Anyone fancy being jealous? 750000 uh, so a transfer fee of 69.1 million has been agreed with PSG. Uh, he's very injury prone, by the way, so let's put that out there. Um, and his his sister's goes, birthday. And yeah, and he doesn't play for <laughs> years because of his sister's birthday. Um, apparently, 86.4 million pounds per annum. Six times his wage that he was getting at PSG. Six times his wage. You can um, sort of understand why they're going out there. I mean, look, he's 31. He's comp- accomplished pretty much everything in, in football bar the World Cup um, so his, his wage this season will cost more than his transfer yeah. yes <laughs> yes it will um, it's it's an, it's an astonishing amount of money I mean we did somebody did message earlier with the um, was, it in our, was it in our chat Dan um, to do with the, the actual sort of breakdown of the the uh, money that he earns per like minute and stuff. Yeah, here it is. It was Lee that for earlier. So his yearly salary, according to this, actually, it was reported is 138 million. So I don't know whether that's including like bonuses and shit. Mm. Um, let's break it down then. So what that works out is monthly 11.5 million, weekly 2.6 million, daily 379,000 pounds a day. Let that fucking sink in. 15,796 pounds per hour. 263 pounds every minute. £4.39 every single second. I mean, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Like, how do you even contemplate those sorts of wages? I just, I just don't get it at all. Um, yeah, whatevs. Whatevs. Um, I just realised we've had music playing for this entire podcast. I hope that's not been uh, fucking coming through the old speakers. Otherwise, that might make things interesting when I'm doing the edit. Um, 
So yeah, we'll um, we'll end things there. Um, is there anything in the chat that anyone wants to shout out uh, for us? Have any got any Miller? Any questions? I think it might just be yourself that's in there. We had some, we had some other people in throughout the show. I was looking at the number, but it looks like it's just yourself there, Miller. Anything you want to shout out or point out that we've missed? Any big transfers we should be mentioning? I'll give you a second or two. Um, the other thing I was going to mention actually um, was um, the who was the the um, was another transfer Mane Tanya Mane. He's the mm. other one that went to um, uh, to Saudi Arabia. Um, apparently, he uh, got massively disrespected by Bayern Munich. Apparently, they the owners is it borderline racism? I think almost um, that they just basically couldn't deal with the fact that an African player had come in and was basically top owner at the club and they just basically <laughs> wanted him out. Really? Yeah. They priced him at a certain amount of money and then decided that he, because he trained really well that they were going to put another 10 million on his price. Hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, just uh, a horrible story. Obviously, he had the issue with Leroy Sane, didn't he? But, uh, you know, for a player of his quality that we saw at, uh, at Liverpool, for him to sort of go to Bayern Munich and have his career fizzle out is a real shame because he still had a lot to give. It's like with Jordan Henderson as well when they greyed out his armband because mm. he had the pride armband. There's a lot of uh, yeah things that we probably shouldn't really speak about. But uh, yeah, it's, there's there's so much of this sort of sort of stuff that. Uh, <laughs> oh no! I said there was going to be. A That's that Cucurella's just run on the pitch. <laughs> um, I said there was going to be a fucking pitch invasion. I missed out on it. <laughs> So, right, um, only the 150 million for Caicedo is a joke. That's a lot of money for a player that cost Brighton four and a half million. Um, right, okay then, guys, we are going to leave things there. I pray to God that the music that was playing in the background isn't going to be overpowering. It should be okay because it's on low. Um, so, uh, yeah, this, this one was always going to be a little bit of a, a sort of a trial by fire a little bit mm. doing something like this new but um, anyway um, right thank you very much everyone for listening to the show we'll be back we'll uh, next stack. week yeah. oh yeah we'll do the stack go on then damn the stack man <laughs> don't roll your eyes at me <laughs> Well, I can't even be asked. <laughs> um, so five players made their overall Premier League debuts for Chelsea against Liverpool. The joint most for the Blues in a match uh, since 2004. So, if my assumption is right, and it was when their money came in, I will say Iron Robin. Nope. Good. <laughs> uh, Joe Cole. Nope. Lampard. Nope. Sean White Phillips. Nope. Dropper? Yep. Um, who else might have been there from a younger age? Gallas? Nope. <laughs> Anelka? Was he a nope. later, wasn't it? Kalu? Nope. Start. Crespo? Nope. Shevchenko? Nope. Fucking hell. Uh... Who else would have been there? Keeper. What check? Check. check. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um. Two thousand and four. No. Two thousand four. It's almost twenty years ago. Yeah. Two of them, I think, are defenders, and I don't yeah. know what that guy was. I'm have to put the Google. Right. I'm not, I'm not getting. We ain't getting that one, and yeah, then yeah. Um, so he was a striker apparently. Ashley Cole 
No. He was a striker, apparently. Yeah. Oh, dear. Looking at a penalty. Um, oh, dear. Oh, yeah. Well, they're going to give that in the 96th minute. <laughs> um, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to get these. I was quite confident with some of those other yeah. guesses. So one's a striker, two, two of them are defenders. I, I remember. Matai a... Kesman. Yep. Right. That's fuck. Where'd that come from? I'm just trying to think of obscure strikers. <laughs> so that's three of them, right? Yeah, yeah, so we've got two defenders. Two defenders. Um... Um, not John Terry, is it? No. no. Um, oh, he's going to have a look at the monitor. Oh, that means they're going to give it. Oh. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing, because this means no fucking clean sheet for sure. This is just the icing on the cake. He'd already headed it, that's the thing. Like... Oh, and he's giving away a penalty, he's going to get a card too. Fuck's sake. Oh, hang on. What's going on there? Is he giving a penalty or not? Is he just... Oh, he's just giving a yellow to Gary O'Neill. He's not... Um, I, I don't think I'm going to get these two. No, I'm not sure either. No? Um, Carvalho. Oh, Ricardo Carvalho. And Ferreira. Paolo oh, Ferreira, yeah. Right. Well, okay. Can I, uh, can I end the show now? Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Right. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week. Um, as I say, you might have to bear with us for the first week or two while we get uh, get our, you know, shit together for this. Or get, well, I get my shit together because it's my computer and my stuff that's doing this. <laughs> and if it goes wrong, it's inevitably it will be my fault. Um, so yeah, thank you very much, everyone, for listening to the show, and we'll see you all next week. Bye bye.